You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mikey A. God bless football, Stugatz. God bless football. It's over. Yeah. Well, (laughs) not yet. I mean, sort of. It is over, but... Well, what do you mean, sort of? USFL? Is that what you're... No, 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 I'm just saying, we have a game that happened. We got to recap the game. We have some guests on today. I We have one guest that I'm really, like, interested in talking to, and we have Golik. Golik? Yeah. And we have Golik. Yeah. Well, who's the guest you're interested in talking to if it's not Golik? Well, so we'll recap the game with Golik. Everybody's recapping the games, right? And then uh, we have an expert in ads and commercials coming on to tell us about Super Bowl commercials, which ones nice. were good, which ones weren't, are they worth it, are they not, which one's the best. And I feel like, Stugatz, maybe we can put together the perfect commercial with the, the the commercial expert. What do you think? They might need our help. They weren't great this year. No, they weren't great. A commercial for what, though, Billy? What do you want to put it like for God bless football or? I mean, we can never afford a commercial. Let's not pretend. No. But when's the last time like when's the last time that you guys remember there being like a great Super Bowl commercial? Because here's what I'm I'm wondering. Right. And maybe it's not the case, but I'm wondering, is it just because I'm getting older 
that I just think that the commercials aren't good? Like, have I lost that like wonder in the world where I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. Or, oh my God, that's so great. Cause I'm just like old now and have like responsibilities. So like I see a commercial, I'm like, eh, dumb. I didn't like it. Or are they just not good? I think they're just not good. And you're not old, Bill. Like, <laughs> No, but I'm definitely older. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, I'm not. Yeah, as... I know you're older, but you're not old. Like, you're 30-something, man. Like, yeah, you're in the but... wheelhouse. You're in the demographic still. I don't know. I it's wasn't... adults 25 to 54. It's in your demographic. That's what they're going for. I haven't been super impressed with commercials for the Super Bowl lately in the past couple of years. I, don't, I can't think of the last one that I was like, wow, that was, like, awesome. I'll be honest with you guys. I've never been into them. I've always, yeah, I've never been into them. I I feel like the ad is kind of, it's never been something that's really interesting to me, even while reading 1 million of them in my lifetime. (laughs) Um, But I just never really have been into Super Bowl commercials. I mean, I'd have to go back all the way. What was that? I'll bet if you could bet on them, you would. Well, that would certainly uh, enhance my interest in them, <laughs> like just like sports. I mean, <laughs> listen, they may, like betting makes horse racing fun, you know. <laughs> like it does, makes dog racing fun. <laughs> makes anything fun. Yeah. How do we gamble on commercials? What do we do? <laughs> We should know. do that. That's a good idea. You should figure that out. <laughs> it's, it's the next frontier. <laughs> <laughs> In commercial gambling. <laughs> how's this going to end? I like that. Oh, yeah. hey. Uh, how'd, you guys, how'd you guys enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday? Billy, you tired from Arizona? We were out, the, we were out in Radio Row in Glendale. Uh, the entire week, and uh, I'm certain, and we just did our show, and I'm certain you have to be a bit exhausted. You just let out a massive yawn, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm I, my question. Yeah, I, I'm a little tired. I mean, so I uh, we go and we have like a family party, or whatever, right? We go over to my cousin's house, and he sets up. He has this giant inflatable like projection screen that he bought to like show his like i guess they have movie nights with his daughters in the yard i don't know it seems like if i was their neighbor i'd be really annoyed with because i'm sure that's really loud if they do it with any regularity but the past couple's football seasons he's done that for the super bowl so we go we sit under a tent and look at that uh like the game on the screen right um and we basically just waited until the halftime show was over and then we we went home to put my daughter to sleep and i watched the end of the game i told my parents like if you guys want you can come over and see the end of the game so like i missed half of the third quarter because i was driving but i feel like i didn't miss much i mean the fourth quarter was really where the action was but i don't have like wild like super bowl parties anymore or anything like that not that i ever did but no, I like a good night. Uh, good night at home with the uh, with the wife watching the game. I could focus on the game. I did focus on the game. Did like you? I had a friend who had a party that had valet drivers and a DJ. No. You want to know what party I'm not going to on Super Bowl Sunday? One that has valet drivers and a DJ. No. Love my friend who threw the party. I'm certain they had a blast. Just ain't for me. Is that fair, Mikey? Uh, yeah. I, the only people that are allowed over my house are people that are going to shut up and watch the game. Right. Really. That's pretty exactly. much it. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Right. Peace. Just give me some silence, man. Let me focus on the game. You know, the valet drivers at a party seems like a like an extravagance and like, a, oh, wow. Look how like we're accommodating you like valet drivers. This is great. But it's like then I have to wait like an hour to get my car. I have to tip right. this person like I could just walk to my car. I could just do like if I'm at an event that has like valet drivers, I always tend to leave early to not have to deal with like 
everybody getting their car at the same time, you know? Correct. Yes. It also means you've invited too many people. Like, if you need a valet driver and not everyone can fit in your driveway, you've invited too many people. That's what I'm saying. Not only that, if I pull up and I didn't know you had a valet driver, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, man, I don't carry any cash on exactly me. I don't, right. be, I don't want to be the ass that doesn't have a few dollars to give the person. So I, I got to start trying to spend the whole party worrying about where am I going to get a few dollars to tip the valet guy when he picks I, up my car. I'm not joking. Like, that's happened. Like, I've been to doctors lately that their parking lot is so small that they have valet drivers. It's like complimentary valet. And it's like, I don't need this stress in my life. Like, I don't have cash on me. Now, then I'm going to have to look at the valet driver when they come back. And it's like, sorry, like, I don't have cash. What am I supposed to do in that spot? You know what I mean? You know what I end up doing? And I, I, I shouldn't. And I'm risking getting towed telling you guys this. I go and I park like three offices down. And then I just walk down the street and go to the office. And I look for like a place that doesn't have valet drivers. That's a heady play. You could just be honest and be like, I had no idea that there was valet here now. And I don't have any money on me. Like... I don't like being put in that spot by my doctor. I'm no. just gonna, I'm just gonna right. say I it. I don't like it, and I don't listen. Blood, and blood I just pressure don't like, goes up. Uh-huh. Right? No, I understand, and I just don't like being honest. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll break down the game with Golik here uh, coming up. Mikey, hey, what was uh, what was your Sunday like? Did you uh, did you enjoy it? it? It was yeah, it was good food, and it was a couple of people that know how to watch football and shut up and comment and yell about bets that they lost. Excellent. Do we have an update, any sort of update? Uh, Aaron Rodgers enters four nights of darkness tonight. I'm told anything could happen on the other side of four nights of darkness, including uh, you wearing a Jets uniform when you come out of it. Uh, do we have any update on what the Jets are doing? Because that's what this offseason is all about, who <laughs> the Jets are going to land at quarterback. Uh, I know they I know they hired a coach. I'm not certain. It's a coach that has that has attachments to certain quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not certain that coach has the attachments that I want to the quarterbacks that I want. Can you provide me with an update, please? I just want fucking Aaron Rodgers. I mean, <laughs> they've officially uh, started planning for Plan B. They hired oh, Todd no. Downing to be their passing game coordinator. Right. And the hope is, I guess, if Rodgers doesn't want to come play with uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, that Ryan Tannehill will want to come to play with his former OC, wow. Todd Downing. All right. Or Derek Carr, right? Is doesn't he have some sort of relationship with Dowling? Uh I, I don't know. I I personally think they should just go get Eric Bieniemy and try and get Mahomes. Mm. That, that that would oh. <laughs> Wait, so what happens if they don't get Rodgers? Is Hackett gone? Like what what happens there? I don't know. We got to get a run game coordinator and see who that guy ties to. This is so Jets, Billy, where where I'm telling you, unless you know someone that knows the guy, the guy won't come there. So the Jets are getting guys that know all the free agent quarterbacks, and then they'll have to fire the guy. Um, You know, like if they don't get Tannehill, this guy's going to be out of here. Okay? Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. Ryan Tannehill? I don't want Ryan Tannehill. I don't. I want Derek Carr or I want Aaron Rodgers. Preferably Rodgers. Second would be Derek Carr. Would you want Tannehill, Mikey, over Zach Wilson and what we have now? Tannehill. Yes. Over Ryan Zach Tannehill. Wilson, yes. Yes. Oh, over Zach Wilson. Yes. You take he's anyone over Zach fourth, Wilson. The- he's probably fourth on my list of All guys right. realistically they could get. All right. Uh God, I hate our organization. Oh, it's terrible. Right, right. We can't. We just can't <laughs> sign people on on our own merit. We have to get people that will vouch for us and make them feel comfortable about being part of this stink. I mean, 
They're like that friend in college that keeps telling you to go up to girls and talk them up. And then when you finally turn to show the girl the guy, he's standing behind the couch and he's just looking creepy. And you're like, you know what? Forget it. Just go meet somebody else. Thank right. you. <laughs> uh, Billy, are you rooting for us? Like, is there any? You're rooting for the worst case scenario, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, ho- I hope that he's rooting for content. Is he's rooting for Zach Wilson. I like you guys. I hope that you get Aaron Rodgers. Like, I feel like it'd be a Jets situation where it wouldn't work out somehow. But I hope you get Aaron Rodgers. Like, what happens? And I I don't know why I'm making this longer than it already is. But what happens (laughs) if, like, Aaron Rodgers finds enlightenment, like, on day two? Is he then, like, a hostage? Like, he's trapped in. Is he stuck there for an additional two nights? Yeah. How will he know it's only day two? Got it. Figured it out. I'm good here. Like, let me out. Or you just kind of have to see it through. Uh, It's a good question. I don't know. How will he know it's day two? I don't know. How will he know it's day four? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to come get him. That seems mis- like if you look, figure it out on the first night, you're right. You should probably skip the other is, three. Look, I mean, this, this is what <laughs> I'll I'm bet he's like you. 12 hours in, and he's like, it's probably only like five more minutes. It, it, <laughs> it's probably only like five, ten more minutes. It seems like an absolutely it feels like four days. It seems like an absolutely horrible experience <laughs> that the Jets would be like, "Wow, this is an awesome situation to be in" because I'm not just sitting in a dark room for four days. Things never happen this easily, <laughs> <laughs> and good things like this never happen for us. They just don't. They don't happen for us. So this is this is going to be. We're going to be stuck with. Tannehill. He's going to be our quarterback next year. <laughs> Holy shit. God damn it. <laughs> Kim. Stop cursing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill. I'm in a sour place right now. <laughs> Dowling. I'm certain he's a nice guy. I'm sorry for taking out 40 years of misery on him. I'm sorry. I'm certain. <laughs> and Tannehill would maybe be the best quarterback we've ever had. And I'm including Joe Namath. <laughs> well, he doesn't crack top 10. Broadway Joe. Broadway Jet is a crack top ten jet quarterbacks of all time. Yes. No. You have you have ten jet quarterbacks better than Broadway Joe? I'll That's taking the out. takeout way too far, Mike. You can't name ten quarterbacks better than Joe Namath. I dare you do it right now. Len Foley. Yeah. Uh, You're um, already done. Chad Pennington. <laughs> Chad Pennington. Geno Smith. Pat Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Tom Tupa. Uh, he was a punter. Tom Tupa. Oh, he took Tom Tupa from Manny Testaverde. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Mike White. And Geno Smith. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. We love that. Bryce Petty. Oh. Alan Clemens. <laughs> I draw the line at Clemens. Clemens was not better than Joe name. All the other All names right. I'll give you. All right. We're just entertaining ourselves. Let's get to <laughs> let's get to Mike Golick. He was on the sidelines for Westwood 1. Uh, call in the game. I'm interested to speak to Golik here because I'll have great insight on the field, which was a I'm sorry for cursing, Bill. Was a sloppy, sloppy, slippery track, okay? Golik was right there. He was on that field. It gives an update on that. And then I love being on the sidelines, Billy. You know what you get on the sidelines? You get all the inside chatter, conversations. Mm. You get to hear it all, you know? Now, I know Golik wants to be in the booth, but I prefer Golik on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying, Bill? Yeah. Inside info. Let's get it from our guy, Mike Golick Sr., right now. Greg McElroy. Damn it. 
A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years, and then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. I didn't ask how your private jet was, but it was a f***ing private jet. Yeah, yep, it was good. That's how they, that's how <laughs> I feel like, and this is going to sound weird, uh, Stugatz. Yeah. I, I feel like I wouldn't like a private jet. You I, would? No, I think it'd be too, like, tight and cramped. Like, I'd have to walk, like, hunched over. I don't know that I'd like it. You would, uh, you would enjoy... You would enjoy the private jet I was on. You would enjoy having the entire jet to yourself. Were you alone? I was. It was me and two pilots. You would enjoy uh, the snacks on a private jet, and you would enjoy not having to get your bags after the flight is over. Uh, you enjoy all of it, Bill. Every single second. What do you mean not having to get your bags after the You know, the flight. bags just, you know, they have transportation set up for you. The bag is in the car by the time you get off the plane. That's it. That's what I mean. Oh, so you had the, a car No baggage you. claims, no walking through the airport, nothing. Why? I mean, my, I take all my stuff carry-on anyways, just because I don't want to pay, like, 30 bucks to check in. Right. So. Well, here they uh, they carry it on for you. you I know? mean, I can carry things. I'm... I can carry things, too. I've done it many a time. But I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy, you don't have to go through security, no TSA, nothing. You just show up, and whenever you show up, that's when your plane takes off. But before you show up, there's a waiting area that has sandwiches, that has real food, free food, and it's good food. And you can bring as much as you want onto the plane with you. Okay. And so I took a couple of turkey sandwiches. I took a turkey roast beef and an Italian sub. Four sandwiches. Okay. Uh, some snacks. And uh, I fell asleep. And it was uh, it was delightful. It was huh. a great time. And I got to Syracuse. Now, here's the other thing, Bill. These jets go a lot faster than your commercial jets. Do they? So what normally would have taken four and a half hours took me about three and a half hours. You got from Arizona to New York in three and a half hours? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What's not to love? I had a connecting flight that I almost missed because there was something with like the parking mechanism or brake or something. So we were sitting just staring at like the terminal. Like they said, we're 50 feet away for 20 something minutes. And I had a connecting flight that left 40 minutes after that. So it was quite stressful. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you could have uh, private next time. He should. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> Billy, I think you would have gotten home quicker had you flown to Syracuse and then flown from Syracuse to Miami. I think that would have worked for you. I don't think so. I mean, I, I flew three and to- a half hours. I was there. Yeah, Take a little directy down to Miami. You're done. That's like seven hours when you combine the two. How long did it take you? It took me. I took off at like 450 ish and then I landed 
at like twelve forty-five, more or less. All right. So, and then you stayed you, in Syracuse with me, you know. No, I'm good. Well, I like my family too. I, I wanted to see them. You don't want to see my it's family. Syracuse. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's nice. Yeah. You don't want to see my family. Mike. Not really. Mike, that would have been a good one for the blanket when you came on. It would have been a good one for the blanket. Oh, f off, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was I can't good. help it. It's my look. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Hey guys, if you guys need a uh, God bless football XFL correspondent, I would like to submit my resume. Oh, there we go. Man. That's right. Juju, the job is yours, okay? Okay. Boom. <laughs> yes, it pays nothing, you get no expenses. Yeah, I was going to say. Enjoy it. But we will use you all the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> We'd like you on call 24 <laughs> 7. Where Mike. are you going today, Golic? I am golfing over Scottsdale National. Really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Look at you. With who? Yeah. Uh, one Darius Rucker. Right. Oh, okay. I'm about to lose some money to him. So. Right. Well, what's your He's, handicap? My index is a 13, I think. Well, what's his? I, way better than that, but obviously he gives. So me he should be giving you like a shot a hole then. Oh no, no, he does. He gives me that, but I just I hit. I'm too inconsistent. He plays a lot more. He's consistently good, and I just. I, you know, it, it's like in a game, you get to the late in the third or the fourth quarter, it just starts rolling up on me a little bit. Right. Now, are you doing like a sponsored event? I feel like you're getting paid for this round of golf. No, 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 no. You no should be. You should is, be getting paid, this, though. This is just a wind down from the week of work, you know, and I thought he was leaving. He was here for the week and he just texted me yesterday and said, I want to golf tomorrow. And I said, yeah, OK. Stadium so, course? Uh, no, 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 we're going over Scottsdale National, which is. a. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's, a, it's like five minutes from my house, ten minutes from my house, which is nice. You're big time. Be nice if Darius came on the show once in a while, Mike. Well, know? we said if the if the Dolphins were doing anything, we'd get him on. Uh, I'll get him on. Well, they were doing things all season. We yeah. asked you to get him on. We I said mean, if they made the playoffs, yeah, we'd get him. We on. We said to make the playoffs because you, you don't want to. You know, you gotta you gotta hit it right with him. Get him on for a big moment, not just a regular season. But we they said made if they the, make playoffs. the playoffs. Get them on. They, they made, they the, made playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, but they weren't. They were never going to be. A, uh, they almost won that game. I mean, whatever. <laughs> what a ridiculous. I'll work response. on it. I'm slowly building up to bring these guests. And what happened to Roger Goodell last week? I mean, we yeah. were I saw him on the field yesterday. We had a nice conversation. Did you really? Yeah. He said something about Stu and never be on the show. I don't know. Something like that. I stopped right. listening. So. How does that help us, though? Yeah. Like, yeah. How yeah. was your second Super Bowl ever, Mike? It was great. I, you know what? I, 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 I'd rather be in the booth. Don't get me wrong. Cause I've done that all my life, but mm -hmm. being on the sideline, being right there by everything and, and literally listening to the conversations when players come off the field, like when Jalen hurts fumbled the ball, you know, what, what's going on in the sideline, you know, what's the talk and for injuries and, and just being right there to, to see everything is pretty cool. The, the part that was different for me, the first time I did it last year is, running on the field when it ends, trying to grab players for interviews, you know, because I put myself in the player's uh, position to be like, I don't want to talk to anybody now. I want to celebrate, you know, and you're trying to grab guys. But you have to you do know, your like, job, right? Yeah, so I talked to Creed Humphrey, who, was, who, you know, the old line was the star of stars of this game, you know, one of because they, they held a Philadelphia sackless in this one. So Creed. he was good to talk to. So And then I always, I always go interview – well, always second year. I think I then go into a room and uh, interview the losing coach. So I talked to Nick Sirianni for a bit. How was he after um, the game? 
You know what? He was actually still really good. I mean, he was really thoughtful with his answers and, and, you know, the year before I did Zach Taylor, who was very good as well. Right. Uh, but, but Nick got into feelings a little more about what they were shooting for and such and what he told the team, you know, and, and he said, listen, only one team can win this and we're unbelievably disappointed, but you know, you build on it. He said all the right things, but dude was really emotional before the game. If everybody saw he's crying during the national anthem, which was phenomenal, by the way, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Chris Stapleton was just crushed it. Fantastic. And, yeah. and God bless America was that baby face. He was really good as well. Yeah. Re- just a fantastic voice. Both of them, the Rihanna halftime was the show was really good. I had a hard time understanding with the acoustics because they had so many speakers and everything out there. It was just blaring so much. It was hard to under, I don't know what it was like on TV, but it was hard to she understand. Did great. Yeah, she did great. It was, I yeah, think. Yeah, oh, oh, the show looked yeah. spectacular. Yeah. I just, it was just so loud. You just couldn't make out a lot of it. Uh, Mike, if you wouldn't mind, take us there. Like when the Jalen Hurts fumble happened, you're on the sideline there. You're yeah. listening to that conversation. What are they saying? So it was amazing. That's the thing, Stu. There was no conversation. Nobody went near him. And it wasn't like, we're not going near you. We're mad at you. It's just like, hey, it happened, but we know, you know, you're the main part of us getting back in this game or winning this game. We're gonna, you're gonna have to be the man. It was like nothing happened, right? You know, it that that, and then he walked over to the old line because I was standing right there and was just like, hey, my bad. And my lot of the the right guard who had jumped offside on the short yardage play right you know before that they had they they chatted a little bit about both their mistakes but that was the thing everybody remained very calm and cool about it like okay that was a bad mistake but you know we'll make up for it and boy boy what, what a game especially the second half Mike, what's that like for a team to have a quarterback like that? Because there were really no losers last night, which was which is astonishing when you consider we're always looking to blame someone for something after these games. And perhaps you could blame the referee for a ticky-tack call at the end of the game. And I think that's what people are doing. Or perhaps there's some criticism of the NFL and the field and how slippery the field was uh, at the game. But... You had both quarterbacks pitch nearly perfect games, you know? And so uh, the Hurts fumble was a bad mistake. But what does that do for a team when you have a quarterback who has that kind of confidence where it's like, hey, I made a mistake. Sorry. Let's not talk about it. Let's move on. He follows that mistake up with a touchdown, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why nobody said anything to him. Nobody went over there and said, keep your head up. It's cool. You know, he was fine. I'm sure he was pissed at himself. Of course. But I mean, ment- mentally, he was fine. And and I hate to, you know, go against what you said when you say there were no losers. Yeah, there were. Just ask some of the Eagles. I mean, they were devastated. Right. You know, they had a 10-point lead at halftime. Yeah. And amazingly enough, the comeback for Kansas City came by running the ball in the second half, something that the Eagles normally do incredibly well. They just start leaning on you with that run and wearing you down. And it was Kansas City running the ball well, which so much helped the passing game with Mahomes in the play action because Pacheco was running really well. He's such a hard runner. Pacheco ended up averaging over five yards a carry. And that was really what, what got them going was the fact that they could run the ball. And that offensive line, Pitched a shutout yes. to the Eagles' uh, a pass rush that had what 78, 79 sacks, uh, including playoffs. And I attributed it to three things. First and foremost, you have to give credit 
to the O-line. Wiley played a hell of a game at right tackle against Hassan Reddick, but they all did to get goose eggs. Second is the fact that Mahomes was still able to escape. And third, and, you know, again, this is just, it's a reason. It's not an excuse. There was a lot of slipping going on in the field on both sides. Both sides now. So um, it wasn't just, and the sacks, the two sacks the Chiefs got, because remember, they were second in the league in sacks at the end of the regular season with 55 to Philly 70. And the sacks were were just, uh, were uh, Jalen Hurts running out of the pocket and running out of bounds, but because it was a zero or zero yard gain, it's considered a sack. Whoever ran him out of bounds, those were the two sacks. So even Kansas City, which was second in sacks, wasn't getting to Jalen in the pocket. Though, in all honesty, they were putting on better pressure than the Phillies D-line in that. But it was a shame about the field because I was I was right um, right next to C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the safety for the Eagles, during warm-up. And he was making some cuts. And, I mean, Stu, he kicked up a divot that any golfer would be proud of. Before right? the game. And before the before game. The game. Wow. This is in warm-up. Right. And, I mean, I'm literally two feet away from it. He's walking back to it. He looks at me, and I look at him, and he's like, Wow, and and he signaled to one of the one of the guys on the field, go get me and my different set of cleats. So he changed cleats in pregame. Others went in and changed cleats before they came back out for the game. But it was still it was still slippage. And remember, this is a field that gets grows outside and then gets pushed into the stadium. Sure, in mass. I mean, it just gets pushed a hundred yards, one hundred ten yards gets pushed in. So I think there's the wonder. As it's growing outside, our roots able to set deep and, and enough to where the grass isn't coming up. And I don't know what the field looked like on TV, but as I said on, on air, I said down here on the field, it looks like I played an entire round of golf and never replaced <laughs> one divot. I mean, that that's what it looked like. Right. It looked great on TV. I think that's part of yeah. the problem. Yeah. People weren't yeah. criticizing it, it, it because the field looked so great on yeah. TV. It's not until the announcers started talking about it to where it became an issue. But you're saying this was a pregame conversation that many of the the players were having. Yes, and both teams were complaining about it. I mean, there were plays where right off the ball, the D linemen were slipping and falling down on a pass rush. You know, so that that negates everything. It was was wild. And and I actually talked to George Toma. For those that don't know George Toma, Google George Toma. George Toma handles the fields. He handled the fields, the groundskeeper, and he has a, a sweatshirt that says the Sod Father. It's the best. He's handled them for every Super Bowl. And and I was talking to him, he's 94. Guys, after the game, I'm sitting there ready, get, waiting to do my last hit on radio. Mm-hmm. George Toma, 94, walking with a cane, is picking up trash on the sideline. I love him. And so I went over and started talking to him. He first started working on fields. It was in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, a minor league baseball team. He was 13 years old when he first started working on, on, on fields. And then it went all the way through. This was his last Super Bowl in his last game. And I know people are ripping the field. Not his fault. I mean, they grew what they grew. He doesn't grow it. Right. And the roots can only set so much. In this thing, but it was uh, it was a shame that there was the slipping the way it was. So the sod father was doing his job right up until the last moment. Unreal! Amazing. This dude's using his yes. cane yes. to pull out empty bottles from under him. the bench at right. ninety-four years old. This man's a legend, and he was picking up trash. Uh, Mikey A, can we get Tom on, please? I want him on God Bless Football with Michael. He's unreal. 
Yeah. And let me tell you what. But Mike, if you're I, gonna I, get Mike, out- Mike, I feel like he's dodging some criticism here. If you're the sod father, you have to make sure the field is okay. I, I do no, feel like I, that. I was making the the the. I was saying that for him. I'm sure he he. I don't. I didn't ask him about the grass. I just wanted to know about him. I mean, we'll just have to ask him on the day of his daughter's wedding. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah exactly. So I asked him if he was going to. I asked him if he was going to pull a Tom Brady and retire and then come back, and he said no. He's he's walking away for good. Right, uh, Mikey, I get him on, please. Uh, Mikey, uh, you had a question for Golo here. Yeah, so a, a big thing for us going into halftime was was Mahomes going to be able to come out and play. They showed scenes of him on the you know on the sideline screaming. Do you think if this isn't the Super Bowl, he comes back out? It probably depends on what's on the game. What, what, you know, if it's, if you have something locked up, uh, is it early in the season? I, I would imagine that would have a lot to do with it. If it's early in the season, probably not. So you don't prolong the injury. But in this case, again, he played on it. I mean, as I said before that game, anybody who says they're 100%, uh, show me someone who says that. I'll tell you someone who hasn't played a, a lot all year. Nobody is, but it's obviously the most important position out there. And we were all wondering how he was going to come out in the second half. You had extra time um, probably to get maybe more IV in him, whether it was a cortisone steroid, something that was kind of an anti-inflammatory type thing. Did he take a shot? Now, I don't know if he would. So here's the fear. Listen, and I'm, I'm, I took a shot in any part of the body I could to play, and, I, and I've no doubt most people would. Why I'm not sure, maybe they did it before the game, I don't know, but why I'm not sure if they would do it at halftime because – it's a high ankle sprain because you go low ankle, you could tend to you know numb your foot and then you're screwed. I, I'm not sure what kind of chance they would want to take at halftime. And, and, and again, I don't know any of this to try and shoot it at halftime and run the risk of it numbing his foot. Because then, I mean, you are screwed. <laughs> Just think of having a numb foot and you're trying to run around. Run around. So I don't know if they did it at halftime or not. I honestly do not. And who knows if we'll, we'll know at some point, I'm sure. But you can give IVs and you can give things that are kind of anti-inflammatory to keep the swelling out of it. That used to be what we did all the time, getting tortal shots before games all the time, which they don't do anymore. But you can get IVs with that. And they, since you have extra time at halftime, I would imagine they did everything they possibly could uh, to help that out. It was odd that he was limping when he was walking, but not when he was running. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, which which could lend you to, to say honest. maybe yeah. he took the needle. Or he and again, or, or he, he wasn't that hurt, maybe. I yeah, mean, I well, know. I mean, or it's one of those things. <laughs> know when you when you have something and you tweak it, right. how for that first minute it hurts like hell. Okay. And then it starts to calm down. That's it could have been something like that as well. It could have. Uh, strangest part of your body that you've taken that shot, like <laughs> my heel, really. So I, I cracked my heel, oh. uh, in, oh. in practice oh. one week. Oh. Um, actually, running, I was the end on field goal team in Miami, and we were practicing a fake field goal where I ran a route into the end zone and I caught the ball and I stepped real hard and I cracked my heel. And we went to play Cleveland that week, and um. It was right before the game, or, or I was in the locker room before I went out for warm-up, and I said, Doc, shoot this. He said, no, go out in, in warm-ups and see how it feels. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's going to need a shot. He <laughs> said, well, I want you to do warm-ups first. I'm like, okay, fine. I walked out for warm-ups for five minutes, came back in. I said, hurts like hell, shoot it. He's like, okay. <laughs> so You wanted to get so, yeah, straight I, to the sex, I, goal, I, like, I, mean. <laughs> I, I, I took it in. I took it in the heel again. It couldn't be a lot ah. because so it didn't so it didn't nail my whole foot and right. make my foot numb. It was just my heel. They were very good at it uh, because 
when I was in Miami too, I broke my or tore cartilage in my rib the first game of the season and ended up taking the needle 13 straight weeks before each game in the in the ribs. Right. Uh, but man, the shit works. Let me tell you that. If you if you do it right, you know, and not what happened to Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> you know, where they because I was getting that, that shot up right between my ribs, right. right in the area where he was. Uh-huh. Wait, Mike, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. There was a play for you to be like it was a fake with you as the wide receiver. Well, well, all right. I shouldn't say fake. You know, um, you're, you're, if you're the end on the field goal team, you're right. eligible receiver. Right. If it's a bad snap, a muff snap, or something like that, they yell fire, fire, fire. We won't know it until we hear fire. Then we know something happened with the snap, and I have a route I'm supposed to run. Right. That's what we were practicing. And you caught it in practice. I caught it. I caught it and hurt my heel. What an athlete. Huh? I, I, I Listen, I relive my tight end days in high school. <laughs> were you a good tight end? I was all state, yeah. Really? How many grabs? Linebacker. How many grabs did you have? I didn't, Mike. I didn't know this about you. I, I had twenty some for a few hundred yards. You know, we were more a running team. Couple uh, of anyway. tutties, right? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was fun though. I figured, like, I'm I'm surprised you didn't play quarter. Now that I'm thinking about it, because a lot of I did these, play. I did play quarterback. Did my, you really? My fr- my freshman year, huh? Uh, I was a quarterback and middle linebacker, and we ran the option. Right. So I was I was running the triple option as and I was the biggest player on the team. Golden <laughs> coming around the corner. Yeah, oh yeah. The only problem with me keeping the ball, I, there was never going to be a long touchdown run because I was never fast enough. I was right. always going to get caught. What was your longest run? Do you remember? Oh, I mean, it was probably 20, 30 some yards. I mean, but I eventually, I, yeah. I, I even know I'm going to get caught right. in our in our state playoff game in my senior year when I was a tight end. I caught a little dump pass. And, and I was free. I was running. It was like at our own 20, it started. And I'm running, and I see my whole sideline cheering, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know why you're cheering. There's no f-ing way I'm making it all the way to the end zone without getting caught. And sure enough, sure enough I got caught. This guy can only go 20 to 30 yeah. yards. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, going to need the oxygen after that. Do you remember your longest pass play? I am no, fascinated here, no. Golik. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, I do remember, though, Passing in in uh, as a freshman, being in the pocket and getting blindsided and knowing what it feels like to have all the air leave your body at one point. <laughs> I got hit so hard from the blind side, my body just snapped, and I was just laying on the ground going. <gasps> I mean, I couldn't talk. All the air was out of my body. And I'm like, that really hurt. Was that the moment you decided I want to do that to somebody? <laughs> Yeah, I was said I, I really would rather hit somebody than get right, hit. Right, much, exactly. much, much better being the hammer than the nail. Mike, what I meant by you know nobody lost last night. Obviously, the Eagles lost, and I yeah. know there'll be criticism, and I think a lot of it's going towards the referees. It's rare where you have a game and you walk away from the game like Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. I'm more impressed with them after that game, even in yeah. defeat, than I was before that game. Like Jalen Hurts was phenomenal, and Sirianni. Man, he's got stones. He goes for it on fourth down, any place on the field, and you know he's going for it. And he's like, hey, I got four downs to get 10 yards. And that makes play calling a lot easier for his offensive coordinator. Yeah, you could definitely tell by the play calls, especially on third and whatever it is, that when they're going to go for it on fourth down. But you're right. I mean, you know, Jalen, coming when he came back from the shoulder, didn't have a couple of good games, right, in the playoffs. It's not like we were like, oh, Jalen's back, the MVP candidate. He did in this one. That one throw on the out route to Goddard that they replayed that was just over the fingertips to the one defender yes. was one of the best passes I've seen out of any quarterback. It was it was fantastic. And it was. Listen, this was a great game. So which leads me to ask all of you, 
Did you think that was the right call, the holding call at the end, which which basically, because of when it happened, that ended the game? It, it's hard to argue when the player himself says, yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah. Um, do I want it called in that spot? No, because I want to see uh, Jalen Hurts with the opportunity to drive the field and and bring his team back. Um, it's ticky-tack in that situation, but I guess when the player lends his voice to, yeah, I was holding, it's really hard to to argue. That won't stop him in Philadelphia, though, Mike. They'll still no. argue, even oh, with no. the player. right? Oh, well, and, and the issue is really not so much that call, because, listen, he not only grabbed his jersey, he then hooked the hip. So, I mean, there were, if the ref was going to let the jersey grab go, he then couldn't let, you know, actual, actually two kind of holding situations happen. The issue is, and this is all players want, players want consistency. There was some tough coverage earlier in the game that they were letting go that they weren't throwing flags on. Right. So that's the only point, because would I have rather not seen the flag? Yes. Do I understand why it was thrown given what happened? I was, I was standing right there. I understand the flag. The problem was there were other physical plays in the game where a flag didn't come out. And that's players want consistency. If you're not going to call it, then don't call it now. Or if you're going to call it, then call it, you know, throughout the entire game. So that was really the only issue that I had. I mean, in a vacuum, that that was a penalty. Right. Especially when the player lends its voice to it. Which, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Right. all arguments. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, and you can see him on the field. Right. You know, it was his reaction was more shit. I got caught right. than oh, that was a horrible call. You could tell his reaction right away. Uh, any issues with? Uh, listen, the Chiefs did. They stripped us of moments, but the Chiefs did what you're supposed to do in that spot, which is which is why Sirianni, incidentally, values his timeout so much and was so upset he had to burn one earlier this, yeah. in, in the uh, in the half there. Uh, but Andy Reid taking a knee in that spot, not going for seven, basically milking the clock down to eight seconds left and kick yeah. a field goal. No issues there, right? Won oh, the, no. Won, I mean, won the listen. Game. Yeah, won the game. This seventh round pick from Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco, is amazing. Hits the dirt could be walked into the end zone right. right now. Again, what was talked about, I'm sure it was talked about, but just to have the wherewithal to do that and know I can go into the end zone. At that point, Philly was like, go ahead and score. Yes. You know, we got more time on the clock. And he slides and takes that knee. That was that was a fantastic, fantastic play and a smart play because it is a shame. I mean, you sit there because everybody's going through if they don't make that holding call. Philly burns their timeouts. Uh, KC kicks a field goal. We we're figuring out time wise. You're going to have about a buck thirty, a buck thirty five right. down three with no timeouts. I mean, that's what everybody wanted. That's what everybody felt that game deserved, and we didn't get it because of that call. Um, and, and and I think that's obviously we're looking at the totality of it. That's the that's the shame of it. Uh, spoiler alert for people who are upset about it. I'm one of them. Jalen Hurts would have drove, <laughs> driven them down the field and scored seven. Like, he was I, that's that the kind thing. of game. Yes. Well, see, that's always the interesting part is do you go down and play for the tie or you play for the win? Obviously, it depends on the plays leading up to it and how much yards you're gaining. But, I mean, we almost feel like this game deserved that type of ending. Of course. Considering, you know, it's a 10-point lead at halftime for Philly. We're all going, uh-oh, this is Philly's type of game third and fourth quarter they're going to start leaning start pounding and pounding and it was kansas city who came out running the ball and it worked effectively but yeah that's the ending we all felt we should have got and we didn't get so mahomes two uh two super bowls in his first five seasons 
uh, five AFC championship games. Uh, might put that in perspective. Like he's he's got five more to go before he gets to Brady. Uh, but Brady has set the bar at a ridiculous level. It used to be four with Montana, and now it's seven with Tom Brady. Uh, but Mahomes' first five years is certainly having as good a start to a career as any quarterback in NFL history. I mean, listen. He's I mean, amazing. This, guy, this yeah. guy, two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP, leader in passing yards two of his five years, five times in the AFC championship game. This, this is the first playoff game. I believe this is right. It's the first playoff game he's worn a white jersey. I mean, they've always been at home or the or the home team in the in the even in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible what he's done. So it, the, the amazing thing is, if he were to stop playing football today, he's played what six years and started five, he'd be a Hall of Famer. There there, there could be nobody that could tell me that he wouldn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Sure. I was riding back after the game with Kurt Warner and Kevin Harlan, who, who we were doing the game with, and Kurt Warner's like. This guy's 27. He has accomplished more at 27 before he goes, before I even made my first start in the NFL, I was older than he is now. And he has accomplished all this already. And that's when Kevin said, would he go in the Hall of Fame right now? And Kurt said, if I'm in the Hall of Fame, that guy would be in the Hall of Fame right now. No questions asked. He said, without a doubt. So, yeah, that's the fun thing to talk about, right? But but it's longevity. He's got a lot of years left to go. And, and listen, he's going to be around for a lot of years. you got to stay healthy. We know Tom only had the one major injury missing the season. So what will it be for Mahomes? Who runs more? Who moves more? You know, because we all, listen, Patrick Holmes already, from an athletic and physical standpoint, is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, right? From yeah. that standpoint. So now, because it's the quarterback position, what hardware do you put along with it? He's uh, he's right up there with uh, Jim Plunkett and Eli Manning and some of the other guys that have two yeah. Super Bowls, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, not only two Super Bowls, <laughs> but getting to the AAC Championship games, throwing for the yards he's done, MVPs all along the way. I mean, he's he's checking all the boxes. Right. Now you just have to do it over a – Tom Brady has set such a ridiculous bar. Um, but, you know, it gives shows like this something to talk about. Uh, I was being a dick there by comparing him to uh, Eli Manning and Jim Punk, uh, Plunkett. Like, he's better than that, right? I you mean, know, it, it's so amazing that you trying to be a dick, you can't tell when you're trying to be one. <laughs> comes so natural. It's kind of a natural thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> he's in the same class as Chad Henney, though, Mike. You can't yeah. argue that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- retiring, huh? How about that? Yes, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, it's a sad day, right? It's well, he's day. concerned he's going to have to play. I mean, with Mahomes' ankle, he doesn't want to play. He wants to hold the clipboard, that guy. Listen, Chad, ha- Chad Henney and John Elway both go out holding the Lombardi, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. They went out exactly the same way. Right. Now, now, now I'm being a dick. Sorry. <laughs> You're rubbing off on me, Stu. Um, you're, uh, you have a great relationship with, uh, with Andy Reid. Uh, he was on the show on Friday. Uh, I used your name to get him. And uh, we were the only show in America to have Andy Reid on. So now that Andy has his second Super Bowl, Mike, like on a personal level, I know how much you care about the man. Yes. I know how much you respect the man. Uh, so how'd you feel for Andy Reid uh, after last night's game? Uh, listen, I love the guy. Very happy for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I was still amazed in Philly how, and I get how everybody loved Buddy Ryan because he was a hard-nosed dude, and that's Philadelphia, but we never won a playoff game. And while Andy was in Philly a long time and went to a lot of NFC championship games, 
you know, they were happy when he got released. And I'm like, this guy just wins. You know, he just wasn't winning the big one there. And now he's doing it in Kansas City. Listen, he's a Hall of Fame coach. There's absolutely zero doubt about that. And he's just a good dude. I just, I, I, I love the he guy. Is, yeah. And I actually had a line about him. Do you know on that second red zone or second or third red zone touchdown pass, kind of the in and out, the, the start of the receiver in motion. And then he didn't come across the formation and went back out into the uh, the corner of the end zone. And it was the easy touchdown pass. On that play, Andy Reid was coming down the sideline trying to call timeout. He wanted a timeout. And the ref didn't see him. The play went on, and it was a touchdown. And I saw Andy doing it. And as I said on air, uh, I, I said, listen, Andy wanted to call a timeout. And I've known Andy for years. We're good friends, so I can say this. The reason he didn't get the timeout is because he can't get out of second gear, uh, getting down to the referee to call the timeout. So he didn't get down there in time. No timeout, touchdown. I said he just turned around. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, you and Bradshaw just taking shots at Andy Reid's way. Well, no, his was a – mine was a – I mean, come on, waddle on over here. I mean, what the f- is that? That's Bradshaw oh. not giving a shit anymore, Mike. I mean, uh, you're right, but that, that, well, that wasn't cool. Yeah, but yours wasn't cool either. I think that's what Mine Billy's not. You made him sound like an idiot trying to call a timeout on a play that resulted in a touchdown and then said he's mine not was, fast uh, my, Mine was, I like to say, loving. Yes. Well, because you have a real relationship with him. Yes. I'm not sure yes. that Bradshaw Sean does to be quite right. honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Now, Billy, he does. Like they're good friends. I mean, Mike yeah. can say it. You know. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like Bradshaw can. You could even say the waddle lot. You wouldn't say it. You would not say it. But you yeah. could say it and get away with it. I feel like that's very, very true. Very true. I, 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 I think if Andy, Andy would give me a bit, bit more of a pass, maybe than Terry. All right. Uh, we know you have to run, go play golf with Darius. You're a big, uh, you're a big shot at Scottsdale. Uh, but quickly, as a former Eagle, you feel very, very good about the future of your team, right? Like you don't feel any differently today than you did yesterday about the next ten years of your team with that coach, that quarterback. No, I don't. Not that coach and that quarterback. And we'll see about the rest because you got to keep some pieces around you, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, so, and a team changes every single year. Uh, even even for the Super Bowl team, Kansas City, they know the next when they meet in OTAs, it'll be a different team. Um, so, who do you keep? Who do you lose? The Eagles have a decent amount of um, of free agents that they're going to have to deal with. So, I mean, that that's something that that that's going to come into play soon. So, you have to be planning for that. I, I'm looking at it right now. Um, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Miles Sanders. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury um, uh, are all uh, Marcus Epps, uh, Sumalo, the guard. I mean, these are all free agents. So, you know, they have some work to, to do, just like every team, and to see what kind of you'll keep your core together and then what are you going to build around it. Uh, last question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy is Mike Golick that everyone's getting the hell out of his town? I mean. Oh, I'm, I'm a 10. Mike's <laughs> over here doing hits for other shows he's doing. We, the, we had construction all around our house, and they weren't. Quite honestly, it was the waste management open, the WM, that was causing more problems for me because that's 10 minutes from my house. But all the road closures – you couldn't get anywhere. I'm like, thank God. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm also right by the Scottsdale airport. The amount of private jets that were leaving today was unbelievable mm-hmm. flying out of there. I want to thank one of them for giving me a ride. Yes, <laughs> yes I bet you do. I don't know whose it was. beautiful but it was, thing. It was somebody's. <laughs> the beautiful thing. <laughs> so you're happy. You're happy everyone's uh, like, get the f*** 
out of here. Get out of my tent. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Go to your exactly. homes. <laughs> Let, let's get this back to normal. Yeah, exactly. Did you collect all the checks? There was a point on Friday I walked by you. I heard you do the pork rhymes plug. And then like a couple hours later, I heard you fighting obesity. So did you collect uh, Did you collect everything? Uh, not yet, but it's all, all is in transit. <laughs> what a week you had, huh, my friend? I mean, it was what? pretty nice. <laughs> it was pretty damn nice. I'm tempted to guess, but I don't want to guess. I mean, uh, yeah, don't no, 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 no worry. I'll just give you, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep that one to myself. Could you have paid for my private jet to Syracuse? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and back. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> hell, of a, hell of a week, though, my friend. Congratulations. It was a hell, hell of a week. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad we all got to hang out for a bit. And yes. next year we get to do it in Vegas. Yes, we do. You are my uh, Super Bowl MVP. You are. There we go. And all I got to say, everybody out there, start planning now for the Super Bowl. It's 364 <laughs> days away. Let's start planning now. I wonder who you're aiming that at. Okay. Oh, get out of here. Oh, I'm just throwing that into the ether. Anybody who wants to grab it, go ahead. <laughs> Same weekend every year. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Mike, enjoy the round. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, recapping the game with us. And, uh, a lot of news coming up. We have four nights in darkness. We'll see how that goes, and then we'll talk oh to you. God. We'll talk wow. to you on the other side of his four nights of darkness, okay? All right, sounds good. Like I said, all I get there is a good night's sleep. Okay. <laughs> see you, Mike. Janine Pogi oversees Ed Age's technology and media coverage, as well as the publication strategy for new editorial products. Uh, fair to say you're the expert on Super Bowl television commercials. Is that fair to well, say? I've been doing this for over a decade and know like useless facts about Super Bowl commercials that I don't think anyone really needs to know. So if you call that an expert, then, then really, yeah. really, uh, I'm interested in like, give, give us some interesting facts that none of us really know about, oh, you know, see. Super Bowl let's commercials. See. Super Bowl commercials. So, I mean, if you look at this year's one, like a fun little fact, if you watch the uh, T-Mobile commercial with, a uh, Bradley Cooper and his mom. So that commercial was not started out that way of them doing the outtakes. They kind of showed up on set and started doing a table read and it all uh, moved into just becoming outtakes. And then T-Mobile decided, hey, let's let's go with that. That that sounds fun and move that way. So, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time here at Ad Age kind of learning the ins and outs of the uh, Super Bowl ads, how they're made, what goes on behind the scenes. So a lot of that kind of information. Are Super Bowl ads worth it? Yeah, I mean, look, you're talking at a time where very few people are watching TV all at the same time, all in the same place live and watching the commercials, right? So, you know, you're watching Netflix, you're watching any of these other services. For the most part, you're not watching commercials. You're either skipping them or don't have them all together. So it's, uh, it's the one place where brands can reliably still get a massive audience all tuning in and actually caring about the commercials. Janine, you're the expert, so I'll leave it up to whatever metric you want to use. What is the most successful Super Bowl commercial? 
of all time, in your opinion? Oh, all time, man! You're putting me on the spot. Or That's since you started, hard. it's or since you started doing this, at yeah. least. Okay, I mean, look, you know, you have some big ones, uh, Puppy Mucky Baby, the Budweiser Clydesdales. Like these are iconic sort of, you know, Super Bowl ads that people remember. They remember the jokes. They, you know, remember the animals or people featured in it. I think when you think back to some of those, the Darth Vader Volkswagen commercial, those are iconic storylines that, you know, most people still remember. Gene, I think Billy's question is a fair one from this regard. You're right. This is one of the few events we have where all these people are watching at the exact same time, but there are so many Super Bowl parties going on that you have no idea how many people are paying attention to your commercial. So again, it does beg the question, is it worth it? That's fair, but think about all of the chatter and conversation that happens in the weeks leading up to the game, right? Everyone's on social. People are tweeting these commercials out. They're talking to the brands themselves, right? The brands are like out there conversing with consumers. They're talking to each other. So there's so much social play that also happens. You know, it's not just watching this on those 30 seconds on the screen. You're on YouTube watching the commercials. So there are lots of other ways to actually view these things outside of like the bar or house party that you're at. So one of the most talked about commercials this season was the Tubi one where everybody thought that they accidentally changed the channel. Is that an effective commercial for Tubi? Because I know Tubi now. I don't know that I will go download Tubi or subscribe to Tubi. Yeah, anytime you get a commercial where people are actually stopping and like, what was that, right? And they're asking the question, what is that brand? I don't know it. Let me go look it up. Like, what just happened? I mean, I I turned to my husband last night, like, did you just sit on the remote? Like, as I'm freaking out working, like, what did you just do? Uh, Which I think is what we are seeing a lot of people did last night. I mean, if you remember the Coinbase ad from last year, there was a lot of people who did not know what Coinbase was. And all of a sudden you have this QR code bouncing around on the screen, whether or not you actively became a Coinbase user and started using crypto or not, you knew what Coinbase was after that. And I think that is the mark of a successful Super Bowl ad driving brand awareness. Can you get, I think think there's a reason I'm asking, and I also think people would be interested, but can you give people an idea of if you agree to run a Super Bowl ad, when that ad needs to be sent to the network to run on time for the Super Bowl? Yes. Now, there are plenty of brands that, you know, the day after the Super Bowl airs, they are already planning for the next one, right? And they're thinking about their ad buy and they're thinking of concepts. Mm. There are some, though, that that final ad is not getting in the hands of the network until the week of. That doesn't mean they haven't showed them iterations of the ad. That doesn't mean that, you know, they don't know what the creative concept is. Like most of that is fully, you know, fleshed out. But the actual final spot, there are edits being made and all of that, you know, during that week of. Because someone on our show, the reason I asked was things are moving so quickly and messages are changing so quickly these days that it's hard for the TV networks and the commercial and the ad agencies to keep up with social media. Is there anything to that where maybe you produced a spot six months ago intended for this year's Super Bowl, but things change so quickly now that the spot you created doesn't really fall in line with where you need to be in terms of messaging? Is that is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. Wow. And that has become even more of a 
concern, focus in the last couple of years, right? Between COVID and planning for COVID and going through that phase. And then, you know, just things that have come after. I think there's been a much more of a focus on trying to plan closer to air date because you don't know what is going to happen. If you remember the planters, Mr. Peanut ad from a couple of years ago, um, where they killed off Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Um, it came, Terrible. their social promotion came right at the time of the death of Kobe. And they had to go back and actually take out some scenes and change some scenes uh, to be sensitive to everything that went on. And that was happening right up, you know, until that, last weekend so yes absolutely that is something that all brands are definitely like really really concerned and paying attention to so yesterday in the sports world because we cover sports and football was our super bowl obviously but it was also your super bowl in the ad world so walk us through what your super bowl is like in the ad world as opposed <laughs> to the super bowl in the sports world yeah i mean look we are starting thinking of the super bowl really in the fall <laughs> like nfl season starts we are already like thinking about what brands bought ads in the game who's in who are the newcomers you know what trends are we going to see but that day of like we are all on on ad age like on slack like talking from the morning of seeing what spots we do view most of the ads before they air in the game so we have seen typically 95 percent of the ads even if they're not pre-released so a lot of it is writing our reviews and getting those ready and just like being prepared for any surprises that's that's probably the thing that gives me the most anxiety like what ad is going to surprise me that like i didn't know about or there's some change or anything like that is there like a all-time bust ad that you can think of that like you were looking back and it's like oh my god there's expectations for this and it just led to nothing I'll actually talk about one this year. I, I think that's every year. I think I, more more often than not, especially in recent years, that has been the case. But I think the M&M's commercial this year oh. is a really interesting one. You know, we were given this like three-week stunt leading up until the game, right? But from the beginning, first M&M saying that they're, you know, putting a hiatus on using their spokes candies. Obviously, there was the conversations around the Tucker Carlson and his commentary around the spokes candies and the M&Ms. Then that moved into them naming Maya Rudolph as their spokesperson. And that went into like all the places the spokes candies are now moving to who what Eminem is going to become the spokesperson for Snickers and like working for eBay and this whole social media stunt that they did. Then Maya Rudolph was going to change the Eminem's to clams, clam filled Eminem's, like all of this like stunt that they did. And then we got the commercial in the game. And if you are not working at Ad Age or are really into the Super Bowl commercials and you are not following that stunt, you are not going to get that 30 second ad that was in the game. Right. And I think Eminem's underestimated how many people would really be paying attention to that whole storyline and, you know, really following along. So are there ads like that in the past that have been like, this is a long term play that doesn't necessarily culminate at the Super Bowl, but maybe we drag it out like a month after the Super Bowl. And this is just kind of like a centerpiece that brands have just bailed on because they're like, this just isn't working. You know, I haven't seen too much of that where it's like the long play. Yeah. It's really much more on like the couple of weeks leading up to like that social buzz. I think Planters, again, going back to that Mr. Peanut one that I mentioned where they killed him off. That was similar in nature. Like they killed him off a couple of weeks before the game. They like resurrected him during the game. And it's really a b commitment by the brand to say like my 
consumer cares about this and is going to be invested in this storyline and knows that we're doing this right like is on social and is following you know our social handles and following along with this story so they're not as frequent but i think it's uh, a big ask by a brand to ask consumers to follow along but in the, in the case, Janine, of, of M&M's, they're such an established brand. Does it really hurt them that some people, that they miss the mark with a lot of people on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it just falls flat, right? You're still investing right. all of this money into something that you want to stand out. And when, you know, it fell very low on the USA Today ad meter, it was like very far towards the bottom, which is unusual mm. for an M&M's, you know, Super Bowl ad. So you're still investing all this money. You want it to land, right? Like it may not hurt the brand, but it's not going to do any favors for you either. I'm just, I, I'm not an insider. I'm not in this industry. I did not know that the USA Today had an ad meter and I absolutely love that there's an ad meter. <laughs> what is the ad meter and what was like at the top of the ad meter? Yes, the ad meter is a place where people reviewing the ads can go and vote on like their favorites. Uh, And then USA Today puts out the winner, you know, on the day after. And the winner this year was the farmer's dog, the uh, dog commercial uh, that was for a dog food brand. So that that was the winner. If we wanted to book a spot, could we do it right now? Like, if I wanted to place a commercial in next year's Super Bowl, could I Could I do that right now? I'm thinking. I'm just thinking about an idea here. <laughs> if you For have a million football, dollars you want to spend and, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, for a million dollars right now, I could call no, the network. I have no enough. idea who's calling it next year, but uh, I could I could call the network right now and for a million dollars get a thirty no. second ad. No, it's seven million dollars for oh. a thirty second ad. Yeah, but how about for the early buyers? I mean, you know, like, so if you do like a pre game, no, if you do a pre game spot, yeah. if you do a post game commercial, right. if you only want to run in one market, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Wait, a what? million, a million. If I want to run in one market, you're saying, <laughs> What's Billy, most... I want to get a God bless football commercial into the uh, into into the Super Bowl. Next It'll year. never happen. We couldn't even. You're get right. Feet. I'm sorry. What's the most desirable spot to put an ad in the Super Bowl? Usually, right after kickoff, like that first spot, right yeah. at the beginning of the game, is is desirable one. Heading into halftime is another attractive one, especially if it's a big, you know, halftime performer. So I have an impossible question for you because we had Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, on with us, and he's a big cheeseburger enthusiast, and we had him create the perfect cheeseburger. So I would like to, as a group collectively with you, create the perfect Super Bowl commercial, and it'll be catered, obviously, to your likes and dislikes. So what what should our product be that we should be promoting in our perfect Super Bowl ad? I don't know about the product, but what you should have in a Super Bowl commercial is dogs and babies. Really? No, celebrities. Or celebrities. Celebrities are important so, or no? You know, look, I mean, almost every brand had a celebrity this year. And yeah. I think for the most part, many of them sort of just blurred together. But interestingly, the two ads that were at like the top of the rankings this year were that farmer's dog and then Amazon's ad, which has a dog and it was like the star of the ad. So mm-hmm. Dogs and babies, historically, animals of any kind tend to do well. So here's what I'm thinking. But the problem is now we're kind of having contradictions and it's going to be hard because I'm thinking dogs and babies sell, right? 
celebrities sell. So what if we do celebrity dogs and celebrity babies together, right? But then like, who's one of the biggest spenders? Beer companies. But we can't have babies and dogs selling us beer, right? So then what do we take out of that equation? We've had dogs sell beer before. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Clydesdales. Clydesdales and the dogs. The Clydesdales and the dog. That's one of the most memorable. Yeah. All right. And spuds. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, What you got now, Billy? Huh? Well, no. I guess then. I mean, well, can we can we find we have to find a way to sneak a celebrity baby in there, right? Is beer like the biggest seller? Is like the biggest spender on these ads? Well, it's interesting because Anheuser-Busch gave up its category exclusivity this year. So they were the only ones with any sort of alcohol beer ads for decades. They gave up that category exclusivity. So this year, if you notice, for the first time, you had Molson Coors in yeah. there. You had Remy Martin, Crown Royal. So it actually was a different kind of uh, alcoholic beer category this year than in really most prior years. How much was category exclusive? How much is it? cost i mean yeah. they've been grandfathered in for decades so that okay. cost is, uh, it's hard to nail down uh so, so how would you overall this year's because i feel like the super the great super bowl commercial is dying a very slow death i do um so how would you grade this set of commercials from from the super bowl yesterday i would actually agree with you i, I think you're right i think the great super bowl ads are becoming further and fewer uh, there just tends to not be as many that like really stand out in any given game. Uh, the last like three years, I think it really people want to play it safe. Like brands mm-hmm. are so concerned about either alienating consumers, upsetting consumers, um, just like wanting to entertain and be humorous that they're like playing it safe. Who's like the Steven Spielberg of the Super Bowl commercials? Like the person that you'd go to year after year and say, this person is going to get it done. Yeah, there are a couple. Um, I think this year, and he's directed a bunch in the past, is Brian Buckley. He directed mm. the NFL spot, which did really well this year, and uh, Avocados from Mexico. That was great. Um, he is, yeah. He's a often relied upon Super Bowl director. How, how does nostalgia play in? Because I felt like this year they leaned a lot on that. We had John Travolta singing Grease. We had all of the um, the metal, you know, Ozzy Osbourne and all those guys. And then we even had the Diddy commercial where they brought in all the old 90s acts. And I was liking it, but, like, my nephew was like, "What? who, who is that guy? Yeah, I think that's something, too, like that brands have really been leaning into is this idea of nostalgia. You see, uh, they even did like the Alicia Silverstone, yeah, bringing clueless. back Clueless. Yeah, there we have Pop Corners. They did uh, the Breaking Bad. Zoolander. Zoolander. Um, there are definitely Caddyshack and the Michelob Ultra ad. So there is a bunch of uh, elements of nostalgia in there. It's really like just a way to entertain. Super Feels Bowl lazy players. to me, Janine. It is. Yeah, it it definitely you. is. Unless it's, done, <laughs> unless it's done really, really well. Um, I think there was one last year, and I'm going to forget the brand here, which isn't a good sign, but uh, they did Austin Powers and, and remade Austin Powers, which was a fun one. But yeah, I think they're hard to do. It's really just doing it because you know that there's a built-in audience, right? There's fans of whatever franchise show, movie, and you know that at least those people are going to enjoy it. 
Who's the worst at making these where it comes across your desk? You're like, this isn't going to be good. Who's the M. Night Shyamalan? Like, oh, who, who, who is it? Oh, jeez. I, 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 I said it. I said it. I said it. There's so many changes. There's not, you know, one Super Bowl advertiser that's in every year, and they change so much, and there's so many newcomers year after year that it's hard to know what's going to, like, miss. You know, I think, like, the Googles of the world, the Amazons, you typically know that those ads are going to be solid. Um, but you never know. There's there's misses for sure. Do you have like a top three campaigns of all time, like top three Super Bowl commercials or since you started doing this? Do you have do you have like uh, off the top of your head or is that put you on the spot? Yeah, no, I mean, I would go back to like the Budweiser Clydesdales ones. Those are classic. I think they did an amazing job at that time of doing what you're supposed to do of like pulling at an emotion and getting Super Bowl viewers watching. I mentioned the Darth Vader Volkswagen one. That's really like an iconic Super Bowl ad. I think that that's really a, a great one. And people really remember that. Uh, Janine, we appreciate this very, very much. He's an expert, the expert on the Super Bowl ads that you see every single year. Anything you'd like to promote on the way out, we appreciate your time very, very much. You're great. No, no, you can go to AdAge. You can read about all of our reviews. We do uh, some fun ones at AdAge.com slash Super Bowl, and you'll get all of this fun information there, lots of videos. You can watch all the ads. If you missed any of them, go rewatch them. All right. We appreciate your time. We know it's a busy day for you, perhaps the busiest day of the year for you. So we appreciate the 15 minutes uh, that you carved out for us. Thank you very much. Your information was great. So thank you. Thanks for having me. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975. We were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality great taste only 96 calories it's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most a light beer that tastes like beer you don't have to choose what's best miller light has great taste and is less filling tastes like miller time to get miller light delivered right to your door visit millerlightcom gbf or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer celebrate responsibly miller brewing company milwaukee wisconsin 96 calories per 12 ounces fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer